You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 319. And now you know. We're brought to you by our amazing Patreon patrons. Help support us bring you independent news every week by heading over to patreon.com slash now you know. There's really cool perks over there. I want you to go check them out. This week's episode is sponsored by Blinkist. Zach and I are super busy between researching, writing, filming, corresponding, interviewing. Well, you get it. And for most of us, there just aren't enough hours in the day to get everything done and fill up your brain with all of the things you're curious about. Now, I love podcasts and books, but unfortunately, they take a long time to digest. And that's why we both use Blinkist. With Blinkist, you can get the key ideas from nonfiction bestsellers in minutes, not hours. Blinkist not only blinks books, but it also blinks podcasts called shortcasts. So you can get to the powerful ideas of a podcast in about 15 minutes or less. I like to listen to shortcasts and blinks while I'm driving, going for walks, cooking. Then if I like something, I can really dive in. Blinkist has full length audiobooks with premium subscribers getting special member pricing up to 65% off the regular retail price. Yeah. Pop Blinkist on your phone and then take it anywhere you go. And don't get me wrong. I also love to read books, big, long books. So I use Blinkist to help me cull through the hundreds of books to find the ones I really want to spend my time with. And this is why 21 million people are using Blinkist. Yeah, with over 5,000 books and podcasts to choose from, I think if you're like me, you're going to get addicted. Sign up for Blinkist now using our link below and get unlimited access for one week to try out Blinkist. You'll also get 25% off if you want to try the premium membership. And the seven-day trial is completely free. You can cancel at any time during that period. We are excited to have... Exter sponsor this episode. After carrying old-fashioned wallets for years, we both now carry extra wallets and can't imagine going back. Extra products are made from environmentally friendly, high-quality materials, which is important to me. My new wallet by Exter is the Parliament. It's made of vegan leather from a recycled car windshield. I really like the look of my space-grade aluminum card holder in forged ember and the bifold wallet that I have in brown. It's slimmer than my old wallet, but I can still carry everything I need. And thanks to a solar-powered tracking device, you can use your phone to easily track the location of your extra products. Just two hours in the sun equals three months of charge. Check out Extra for key trackers, phone cases, and the rest of your carry essentials. Go to Extra at this link. 
Use the code NOWYOUKNOW at checkout to get up to 25% off now through November 3rd. Last Friday, Trevor Milton, the founder and former CEO of Nikola Motor Company, was found guilty of securities and wire fraud. Now, you may remember that Milton was indicted back in July of 2021 on two counts of securities fraud and one count of wire fraud because he made false claims about planned hydrogen class eight semi trucks. You know, the kind that roll downhill because their motors don't actually work and a hydrogen electric pickup truck called the Badger, which never came out. A second count of wire fraud was added after the indictment. Yeah, that was when he allegedly bought a 4,600-acre ranch for himself in Colorado using shares of the company. Milton was found guilty on three of the four counts, and we'll have to see what happens at sentencing. Now, if he had been found guilty on all four counts, he was facing 25 years in prison. As it is, Milton is released awaiting sentencing on $100 million bail. Nikola Corporation, by the way, paid a $125 million settlement with the SEC so they could distance themselves from Milton as they continue to work on their hydrogen electric and electric class eight trucks. So this is kind of the unfortunate side of being interested in the electric revolution is that uh, there are some charlatans out there. Yes, there are. The saddest part here is that GM got in bed with them. And you would think that GM, with all of their resources, would be able to do due diligence on a company before investing millions of dollars in their tech. And this is why I think GM is so late in coming out with their pickup truck, because I think they put a lot of hopes on the Badger and then realized, oh, there's no real tech here. Well, you know, glad to see Justice will hopefully be served. We'll see. So as we reported last week, Tesla is now producing vehicles without USSs or ultrasonic sensors. The typical Model Y, for example, had six of these little coin sized sensors in the front and six in the back. Now, as we conjectured last week, that could save Tesla a lot of money. Well, assuming Tesla can come up with a comparable vision system, they should be saving a bunch of money on ultrasonic sensors. By the way, I did a little research and, um, you know, if because you, you can buy these third-party sensors and add them to your car. Oh, really? Yeah. And so for a pack of four, they're like 150 bucks. So most cars have like eight or 12 of them. And so that would be like 300 to $500 worth of just sensors, let alone wiring, let alone computers. Now, I was estimating based on consumer prices, but now Mile Lane of Monroe Associates has done some estimating of his own based on the kind of real-world prices seen in the OEM industry, and he came up with a potential savings of about $150 per car. Yeah, he shows that each of the 12 sensors cost about $8 each, so that's about $100 in sensors alone, plus brackets, harnesses, connectors, integrated circuits, and labor. Plus, each sensor has to be painted to match the body color, and at the moment, Tesla has five colors, so that's an additional cost. It's a well-done, concise video on Sandy Monroe's Monroe Live YouTube channel. Uh, we'll post the link below so you can check it out. And I was really interested in this slide here where Miles shows that about three feet in front of the car, the cameras can't see something that's one foot high. So if it was like a little kid's toy or something, uh, without those sensors, you may not be able to see it with cameras alone. But it also appears that Tesla will be installing five megapixel cameras instead of the one and a half megapixel cameras that they've had basically all around the car. Okay, but I'm still a little confused. The megapixels of the camera doesn't affect the placement of them. And I think Mile brought up an excellent point, one that we were talking about last week. How can the car drive or park without those sensors? Well, when you need these sensors, the car will probably be moving forward or backward. Okay. While going backward, the car can see everything going on because it has a camera right on its butt. Mm -hmm. While going forward, the car does have a blind spot past its nose, mm -hmm. um, but I think that it's safe to say from what we've seen at Tesla AI Day that the car can tell where things are using cameras and know where they are even after it loses sight of them. Okay. So if it sees the bumper of the car five feet away and then you drive four feet forward, it's going to know that the bumper is now one foot away. Yeah, I get that, but what about something moving like a toddler? 
I mean, that's generally why we try to keep toddlers away from places where cars are moving, because not all cars have ultrasonic sensors. And yeah, it's it's really dangerous to have something that's low to the ground and moving around. We usually look at a space. We check to make sure that there's nothing in it. And then we pull in the space and we're doing it blind. You have to keep that in mind. We've been doing this for over 100 years pulling into a, a blind parking space. And also I'd have to say that your argument would imply that the ultrasonic sensor would be helpful in that situation. Right, the car would know it was gonna hit something. I mean, I would argue that most drivers, having already taken a look at the space that they were pulling into, would assume that the ultrasonic sensor was wrong and continue forward anyway. But in the future, when the cars are driving themselves? I mean, look, the cameras have a blind spot, true. It's true. But they have a clear view of anything entering that blind spot. So unless you had something rising out of the ground, the car would be able to see anything entering its blind spot, and it's looking all the time. Although something could be hiding behind an object that the car recognizes only to come out once the car moves and it's in the blind spot. And I mean, maybe that's a great plot point for the next Toy Story movie. I, I just really don't see this becoming a problem. And we had so many comments last week. Uh, lots of people pointed out that we've parked uh, without cameras or sensors since the very first automobiles. I think that the car is going to be able to figure this out. I just think that Tesla should have had their Tesla vision ready to roll out before they removed the sensors, because right now the cars can't do a whole bunch of things, auto park and summon and so forth, that they could do a few weeks ago. So now you're getting a brand new Model Y, for instance, mm -hmm. and it can't do any of those things yet. Yeah! Right. And the scary part is it, it can't do them right now. We don't know if it's going to be significantly worse than it was with the ultrasonic sensors and, and people just kind of have to trust Tesla that the system that they're eventually going to make is going to be good. But I do want to say for every million cars that Tesla makes, we now know they're going to save about $150 million just on the sensors. That's not a small amount of money. That's a big amount of money. Yes. All right. So let's look at the latest U.S. EV sales data out from Experian. This is 2022 as of August. Now we can look at it in a text like this. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. We can also look at it in a chart like this. Oh, wow. I mean, of course, I shouldn't be surprised because we cover this all the time. But still, to see Tesla so far out ahead, even after years and years, it still amazes me. Yeah. And this is before Giga Texas starts really churning out Model Ys at full speed. I mean, Tesla is the number one the number two, the number four, and the number five spot. And then they don't have any more cars. That could be the number six and seven. Uh, just wait for the Cybertruck next year and maybe the Roadster. Anyway, uh, two thirds of the EV market is owned now by one company. I mean, soon we should start to see the Rivian R1T and the Ford F-150 Lightning creep onto this list. And to give some perspective, if you add up all the other auto companies in the top 10 here, their cumulative sales are still about 50,000 vehicles short of just the Model Y. Yeah, it's uh, pretty astounding. And let's look at the luxury segment for a second, which includes ICE cars as well. If you take Tesla's sales from January through August of this year, 298,000 cars. That is about 90,000 more than the second place BMW, which sold 211,000 in the same period. That's a 54% increase for Tesla versus an 11% drop by BMW over the same period last year. Now, overall, EV registrations in the U.S. have increased 56% year over year and now account for 5% of the U.S. auto market versus last year, it was just 2.6%. So you can see people, we are getting to the exciting part of the S-curve. And to give some credit where credit is due, 160,000 EVs in 2022 were from 22 legacy automakers, which have introduced 23 EV models in the last two years. Yeah, so, yay! 
I mean, it's it's not a nothing number. Nope. It's it's spread over a large number of cars, so it's hard to give credit to like anyone. Like, good right. job, you did a good job. I it's hard to say that like anyone in particular. Yeah, um, I mean, there's no Tesla killers in there, but it is good to see that you know there's some EV models to it's choose from. It's good to see that there's Tesla alternatives. And if we cross the pond to Germany, according to data from the Federal Motor Transport Authority or KVA, Tesla grabbed the number one spot for car sales in Germany in September. Wait, so Tesla outsold the VW Golf, an ICE car? Yep. Mm-hmm. Tesla delivered 9,848 Model Ys in September, compared to just over 7,000 VW Golfs. The Tesla Model 3 also did well, selling 3,878 in September in Germany. So that would be about 39,000 Tesla deliveries so far in 2022. And we reported previously that Tesla is aiming for 80,000 deliveries in Germany for 2022. Yeah. So Tesla will have to really pull out all the stops if they are going to average 17,000 EVs sold each month of Q4 to make that goal. But they could technically do it. Tesla was producing 2,000 Model Ys per week at Gigafactory Berlin, and that rate probably won't cut it. But if they keep ramping and can get up to about 4,000 per week, that might do the trick. Fingers crossed. But again, Tesla is the number one selling car in Germany. There is such strong demand for Teslas. All these auto analysts who are doubting Tesla demand have got it so wrong. And let's go to the biggest car market in the world, to China, where, of course, you know what I'm going to say, right? Yes, that's right. The Model Y is the best-selling SUV, and that's even when pitted against ICE SUVs in China. Here's the chart for September sales of SUVs in China. The Model Y at number one with 46,694 sold in September, up 41.4% year over year. So please stop talking (laughs) about demand getting soft. Stop it. Get some help. And one of the ways that Tesla was able to do this was by upgrading the production lines at Giga Shanghai over the summer. And even though Tesla didn't have a full month with the new lines, August saw them break a record with 76,605 cars made. Now September has seen a new record. Yep. According to data from the China Passenger Car Association, Tesla made a total of 82,088 Model 3s and Model Ys at Giga Shanghai in September. And Tesla broke another record with the number of cars sold in a month, with 83,135 sold in September. That's a 90% increase year over year. That means Tesla is in second place in China for EV sales in September behind BYD, which is in first place. So BYD had 200,973 vehicles sold. Amazing. That's amazing. Tesla had 83,135 cars sold. And for some more good Tesla news, China's Ministry of Industry and Information Technology MIIT, has just approved the Model S and X for a purchase tax exemption last week. Yeah, it's a little later than Elon had predicted. A year ago, he said he thought the refreshed S and X was probably going to launch in China in March of this year. So better late than never. Now Chinese car buyers can buy the S and X with lower prices, and that tax exemption got extended until the end of 2023. So we could be looking at a boon for S and X sales for many months to come. Just to be clear, all of these are going to be coming from Fremont, right? They're all imported. Yeah, which is kind of sad because they've got a Gigafactory there. So it's possible that uh, Giga Shanghai could open a couple new lines for them maybe in 2024 and start making S's and X's there. It's a possibility. And the nice part for Tesla is they can see what the demand for the Model S and X in China is going to be. Right. I mean, because don't forget, there is the most number of millionaires in the world in China. 
And speaking of the S and X, these two refreshed models will now start deliveries in Europe again after having only been available in the US and Canada since their release. Yeah, we're hearing that reservation holders for the S and X in Europe have been getting contacted by Tesla saying that the first batch of Plaid S's will arrive in November. Now, here are photos of the European versions being prepped earlier this month at Fremont. How can you tell that they're European? Uh, we'll zoom right in on the front license plate. Look at that license plate holder in the front. It's that elongated European type. Can we see if it has a yoke steering wheel? Yeah, I couldn't see that. Okay, because I don't know if Europe's going to... They, they don't like things that are, uh, you know... Different. Different. You shut your mouth! Yeah, so I don't know if they're going to have the yoke steering wheel, but I could be wrong. This could be what part of the delay was, maybe trying to figure out, like, what the homologation is for Europe. I don't know. But again, SNX has typically been, you know, a very low-volume luxury car. But now that it's shipping again to these two biggest markets, Europe and China, we could see the sales numbers really go up again. And there's a lot of pent-up demand, I would think, for these refresh models. Right. And even while the volumes are typically lower, the revenue is... Uh, Usually pretty good, at least in terms of profits. Yeah, the margin's high. And hey, you know, YouTube really likes it if people hit the like button early on in a video. So if you want to help us out. So look what Texas drone pilot Joe Tegmeyer spotted at Giga Texas on Friday. Some beds? No, not beds. Look closer. Those look like... Cybertruck bodies. Oh, yeah, they do. I mean, this is getting exciting. We know that the 9,000 ton Idra Gigapress is on the way. And now a couple of Cybertruck bodies. Oh, and look. There's a red Tesla T logo on one of them. So I think these were probably made at the design studio in Hawthorne and shipped here. And I think the whole reason was to get the production lines ready. Do you remember back in May and June of 2021 when Model Y was starting production here? They shipped a couple bodies in white to put on the line so that they could calibrate robots and do all the stuff they need to do. So I bet this is a really good sign that they are getting those lines ready and they need these like accurately made models to, to be on the line. So do you think that they uh, intentionally wrapped them like this and left them outside for maybe Joe to see? Well, Holmar's catalog tweeted out, cover it up so they can't tell what it is. And Elon said, curses, foiled again. <laughs> so, yeah, I think uh, if they wanted to keep them quiet, they could have kept them quiet. And then what's the significance of having two bodies in white? Could it be two lines, two oh, production lines? Exciting. I mean, you know, obviously we don't know. That's all conjecture. But, yeah, comment what you think below. Is this for two Cybertruck lines? Because that would be great. Hey, and if you want to conjecture about all this kind of stuff, head on over to the Cybertruck Owners Club. They sponsor the show. And there you're going to find all the news and discussions you want for Cybertruck enthusiasts and future owners. And you're going to find their 3D configurator, which allows you to visualize the Cybertruck in any color, wrap, and logo. Ethan has another fun review for you over on our sister channel, Now Let's Review, of the eMove Roadrunner by Voro Motors. This is not an e-bike, as it has no pedals, and it's not really a scooter either. And that's kind of the fun part of e-mobility. It's allowing designers and manufacturers to come up with forms of vehicles that have never been seen before. Ethan tests the Roadrunner out on top speed, acceleration, comfort, range, build, quality, price. Um, so you can decide if this is something that you might be interested in to get you around town. Now, with gas prices where they are, many people are giving serious looks at e-mobility to save on their transportation budgets. And the Roadrunner is another possible solution. And that's why we made the Now Let's Review channel. If we're going to move the needle on sustainable transportation, people need to learn about what's out there. Because let's face it, many of these items are not in stores. You don't see many of them on the streets yet. And so many people don't even know they exist, let alone what they can do and how much they cost. So subscribe to Now Let's Review so you won't miss out on any of our great content. Now, what did you think of the Roadrunner, Jesse? I think that it has a lot of really impressive specs. 
packaged into a very small package. It's got a really high top speed. It's got a comfortable seat. You don't have to do any pedaling. It's low to the ground. It's easy to pack up. It solves a lot of problems. Is it perfect? No, but I think that for, I would say a lot of people, this could be something that could get them uh, around a city, even the suburbs, because it can go so fast. I like that the handlebars fold up and that you can pull out that massive battery, which reduces the weight of mm -hmm. the object. So you can lift that part into like a car easily and then the battery separately. So like, I just love that it's rethinking how things are done. Yeah, you should really go check it out on Alice Review. So the Polestar 2 electric sedan has been a very popular EV so far with over 9,000 sales in Q3, which is expected to double in Q4. Now Polestar has revealed the much anticipated Polestar 3 all-electric SUV. We have to say all-electric, of course, because the Polestar 1 was a plug-in hybrid. Okay, so the Polestar 3 has been touted as a Tesla killer, a direct competitor to the Model Y. Let's see if what we're learning about it from the reveal holds up. Starting price for the standard model? $85,300. <laughs> That is over $19,000 more expensive than the 65990 current starting price for the Model Y. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so the standard Polestar 3 is dual motor, all-wheel drive with 489 horsepower or 620 pound-feet of torque. And that's similar power to the 480 horsepower Model Y. Polestar 3 has 0 to 60 in 4.9 seconds. Pretty much identical to the Model Y. Polestar 3 has 400 volt battery architecture, 111 kilowatt hour prismatic battery from cattle for up to 300 miles or 482 kilometers of range, not yet certified by EPA. And it does have a heat pump to help keep the range high in the winter months. Versus the Model Y with 330 miles of range, because you can get the Model Y in either 75 or 81 kilowatt hours, depending on uh, where it was built. Polestar 3 has 250 kilowatt charging speed. That's the same as the Model Y. Polestar 3 has a 14 and a half vertical center display with Android Auto. And it's supposedly it's the first car to have it built in. The Polestar 3 is the first Polestar to have a centralized driving computer, the NVIDIA Drive Core Computer, which takes inputs from the sensors and enables the driver assist functions. So Polestar 3 comes standard with air suspension, full length panoramic glass roof, retractable door handles, and 21 inch alloy wheels. You can upgrade from the standard to the plus pack, has these things and the pilot pack both of these will become standard next year or you can get the performance pack with these features for an additional seven thousand dollars more so the polestar 3 is now available to order in north america europe and china with the first deliveries expected in q4 of 2023 when it's made at volvo's factory in chengdu china hang on so i can order a 2022 with the plus and the pilot package options and pay more for it but if I wait, I can get all those features included. Why wouldn't I just wait? Well, because it'll take over a year to get the 2022 model. So if you wait till the 2023 model is announced, you're probably looking at a two year wait time. So anybody who's like desperate for it is going to probably order it now. Why would it be a 2022 model if it's going to come out in 2023? <laughs> I don't know. Usually it's like a year ahead and you're like, do you want to get the 2023 Ford Focus? And you're like, but it's 2022. It's from the future. Don't tell anyone. Let's compare the performance Model Y, the highest Model Y, with the Polestar 3. Mm -hmm. That would be 69990 for the Model Y performance versus $92,300 plus a destination charge. So you're talking about $23,000 more for the Polestar 3. Wow. Now, they're going to start making the Polestar 3 in Ridgeville, South Carolina, mid-2024. I think that's so that they'll qualify for the tax credit. 
But at the moment, it's still too expensive for that tax credit because remember, there's an $80,000 cutoff for SUVs. So they would have to lower the price to get the tax credit. Wow. And I mean, basically, even the Model Y Performance gets the tax credit starting next year. Right. Hopefully. Knock on wood. And just lastly here in this promotional video, what's up with the box? I mean, why why did they go to all that trouble to put a box on a little stone island and then have it open up? Like, why not just focus on making a cheaper car? You know, you got marketing. Um, you wouldn't understand. Okay. Mr. Okay. Philosophy degree. Did you go to school for marketing? No. no. It's called put a put a big box on a weird island. Obviously. So Tesla is reportedly going to start working with a company called ESS or Emergency Safety Solutions to implement a new technology in their cars called HELP or Hazard Enhanced Location Protocol. Tom Metzger, the CEO of ESS, said, This is great news for significantly increasing roadside safety. Tesla is a leader in bringing first-time innovation to passenger vehicles and is leading the way by implementing help technology on potentially millions of Tesla vehicles worldwide. It's a monumental step in the effort to overcome the troubling safety issue of crashes into disabled and vulnerable vehicles, which tragically injure or kill tens of thousands around the world each year. Okay, so what is help? Well, it's basically two technologies. One is fairly simple. It's that the hazard lights on your car today will flash quicker and with 30% more intensity using help, which scientific studies have shown make you more visible to other drivers. Yeah, I was surprised to learn when researching the story that the existing flash rate was invented in 1951 and hasn't been updated since. About 15,000 people are injured every year and more than 500 people are killed in incidents involving disabled vehicles, and that's just in the US. But what's the secondary technology? Because the first one sounds simple and sounds like Tesla could have done it on their own with a simple over-the-air update. Well, yeah, except that I think ESS, I checked this out, they have 46 global patents for these two technologies, so I don't think you can increase the rate of that flasher or the intensity without their patent. So um, that's Ooh. why you have to work with them. Okay. The second uh, technology is a cellular radio signal that your car will send out, which will notify other cars that you are nearby. So other drivers will be alerted even before they can see you when you hit your hazard button. So if you turn on your hazards using help, will I be notified even if my car doesn't have help yet? Like if I have an older model car? That's a good question. So from the research I've done, it seems like if you have an older model car, which has some form of like Android Auto or Apple CarPlay, or if you're using like a GPS app, say Waze, then the answer may be yes. Um, the signal from your car would be broadcast to cars in your areas with your location data, but it would require those apps to be updated to receive and display this data. So I haven't been able to get a good sense of the timeline. What I do know is that NHTSA is aware of this technology and is evaluating it to see whether they want to make it mandatory for new car models to put it in their cars. Hmm. So, I mean, that, that sounds a little bit more patentable than Flash the lights brighter and faster. Um. <laughs> yeah, as we've been learning from patents, and you should really check out our interview with uh, Austin here mm -hmm. on patents, uh, I've learned a lot that basically you can patent a stick for a dog, or uh, <laughs> I think they've pat I, I think someone patented Wi-Fi, even right. though they didn't make Wi-Fi. Well, you can't look. You can't patent a stick for a dog because somebody's already patented that, and that's patent infringement. Okay, right. So for all you uh, dog owners out there. You better pay the fee yeah. for <laughs> throwing the stick to your dog. There's a licensing fee. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of sad. I thought the whole point of patenting was to increase innovation. Here, it seems to be stifling it because, I mean, if Tesla could just roll this out in a software update without having to talk to this company and slow the whole process down, we could have at least faster and more intense flashers. In fact, all cars could. It's mm -hmm. really not hard. But if you have to pay a fee to a company to do it 
aren't you couldn't you actually make the argument that we're making the world less safe? Yeah, I look, it's it's supposed to be non-obvious, right? right? So like flashing brighter and faster, kind of obvious, right? Like how does that get patented? Obvious to know. me. I know. I don't know. I don't know. Not a patent attorney. And I'm not a perfumer either, but Elon seems to be. He said, please buy my perfume so I can buy Twitter, the finest fragrance on earth, and you can pay with Doge. What's the fragrance? Uh, it's called burnt hair. And he said, it's just like leaning over a candle at a dinner table, but without all the hard work. Or stand out in a crowd, get noticed as you walk through the airport. Okay. So I went online because I wanted to buy some burnt hair for okay. the set, mm-hmm. uh, but it sold out. It was $100. It ships in Q1 of 2023. You could pay for it with Doge. And people had some thoughts. Uh, Bogus Thought said, you to man. And he tweeted this uh, little meme out. You won't believe how hard it is to set you free. Um, And Elon said, seriously. So seriously, was this to pay for Twitter? Because I did the math. I mean, Elon tweeted out here that they've sold 20,000 bottles of it. 20,000 times $100 a bottle. That's $2 million. $2 million ain't going to get him very far with Twitter. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, look, we, we remember that with the boring company, and this is how he's selling it through the sure. boring company that he sold this, the uh, flamethrower. And that's how and, he and this <laughs> Tesla Kila. Right. Um, and that's how he made money for um, was Tesla Kila from the boring company. I think it was just from, it Tesla. Was from Tesla. You're right. So I think, you know, it made sense. The flamethrower was a way to raise money to start the boring company. I'm not exactly sure what burnt hair is, if it's anything more than just a joke. I can't wait to smell it. Yes, I can. Actually, I can. I can <laughs> I wait to smell, wait to smell it. <laughs> Had plenty of experience. So Lucid Motors announced their Q3 production and delivery numbers last week. And a little warning here, I'm going to get mad. So all the headlines I saw seemed to come straight from their press release, which touted that deliveries were double the Q2 deliveries and production was up significantly. Okay, well, so, I mean, that's great. Why are you so mad? Isn't this really good news for Lucid? What makes me mad is that Lucid had a really bad Q2, delivering just 679 cars. So they've lowered guidance twice so far this year. And when they put out their press release for their Q3 numbers, which was way lower than what they had predicted just a few months ago, everyone is supposed to now get excited that they've doubled their deliveries. Doubling a low number is still a low number. They produced 2,282 Lucid Airs from their Casa Grande, Arizona facility in Q3 and delivered 1,398. Those are the facts. How about Report that. But of course, you get to say big percentages the first few quarters because they're not producing much. Look, it's just math. That's how percentages work, people. Yeah. It, it's like they should have produced just one one quarter. Yeah, and, and then, then they, they could, could produce like, three. We and then produced like, 69,000% better this quarter. Exactly. <laughs> to me, the story should be that Lucid Management originally guided for 20,000 cars this year. Then they lowered it to twelve to 14,000 cars in February. Then in August, they lowered it again to six to 7,000 cars. Okay, so six to 7,000 cars for all of 2022. How did they get it so wrong? That, to me, is the story. Speaking of percentages, by the way, to go from 20,000 to 6,000, that's 70% less than what they set as their goal. So imagine you get up in the morning, you're like, my goal today is to work eight hours. And then after three, you stop and you're like, well, I got about 30% of the way there. That's pretty good. (laughs) Why do we care so much about this company anyway? I really have no interest in Lucid because to me, They're basically a Saudi company, and all they sell is an overpriced Model S. The media gets to tout all their high-end stats, 1,200-plus horsepower, 500 miles of range. But, you know, to get that, you have to buy the Air Sapphire, which isn't even out yet, 
and it starts at a starting price of $249,000. I can get almost two Model S Plaids for that price, which are out and are amazing. End of rant. <laughs> yeah. Thank I, you. I think that the problem is, is that if this was just a, a car company doing kind of whatever they're doing, doing exactly what they're doing, not even a change in the world, same production numbers, same everything, that would be fine. But it's always Tesla killer this, Tesla killer that. Oh, this is better than a Tesla. Because it costs twice as much. Yeah. Most things that cost twice as much are usually better. That's, <laughs> I put that one on my tombstone. <laughs> I think that's a pretty, pretty good. That's a good point. People are going to really, you know. Yeah. That's, that's going to be on t-shirts and mugs in the coming years after I die. Don't you think that's really insightful? That's what you want in your tombstone? Yeah, things that cost twice as much are usually better. I've actually found that not to be true. Bruh. Really? Yeah. For okay. the most part, I found that things that cost twice as much are usually questionable. <laughs> well, okay. And this is a case in point. Okay. Well, you know, I I'm mean. just saying. Better. <laughs> just put quotes around better. I don't know. You have to do the, the one quotation mark. Comment down below. Yeah. To back up either his point or mine. So BMW has announced that it will partner with Air Console to bring gaming into its upcoming vehicles starting next year. Isn't this exactly like what Tesla already has? Well, it's slightly different as it would allow people to use their phones as controllers. It's actually something that you can already do on Air Console using a, a computer or a TV. Um, I got it running on my computer really fast and uh, I think it ran pretty darn well. But is using your phone kind of dumb because you can use the steering wheel in tesla to play like beach buggy racing too which is fun it's true but lots of other games on tesla system require you to go out and buy some kind of controller and tesla doesn't even sell one or even tell you which kind to buy yeah i've always thought that was dumb i thought tesla should sell a branded controller just for the fun of it you right know? even but, if it was overpriced you know right tesla kilo kind of thing <laughs> but i mean on the tesla model s and x you can play full triple a titles like witcher and cyberpunk right which i don't know if i need i mean i'm a big gamer and i'm playing cyberpunk right now but i don't know if i would want to play more than a simple game in my car while it was parked i mean i think little games are fine to keep people occupied while they're waiting to charge or pick someone up but like i was playing cyberpunk last night and it was like oh dinner's ready and i'm like okay and i'm like okay this is a long cutscene. wow wow this is long oh i can't so save. Got cold, i can't huh? save during this mission that's ooh, that's annoying and if you're in your car and it's like okay gotta go thanks for picking me. you know i'm i'm here at the gate okay hang on one second i just i gotta finish this level i'll, I'll be there when my guy dies i you didn't know, think like. about that yeah so i mean i would argue youtube and netflix are better than games in most cases yeah because it's you know you can pause it you can just it's it's People are used to doing that. Right. But I mean, look, at the end of the day, um, these are all nice to haves. I mean, in, in some sense, they're gimmicks. You don't buy a car because it has games on it, right? I don't know. It's one of the reasons you fall in love with the car and you get your friends to buy one. I'm really curious to read what people think in the comments about that. I mean, I feel like unless Tesla is working on some kind of deal with, with Steam, there hasn't been much change uh, on gaming in the car for regular people who can afford like a three or a Y. Yeah, it feels like some more Tesla specific games would be fun. Right. I mean, I feel like they just have kind of look, I felt this for a while when Elon tweets something out about something coming to the car. I feel like a whole bunch of people in the company are like, quick, get to work. And when he's not, they're like not focused on gaming at all. I feel like Tesla at this point, they're mature enough that they should have, even if it's small, a gaming department that's focused on putting out new titles 
um, because that would keep it exciting. Right now, I feel like, okay, we're, we're all like really used to what the games are in the car and maybe we're waiting for new ones. And I mean, even if there was just a platform, even if they were working with one specific, even a small gaming developer um, who was able to put out, look, they can be little dumb games, little phone games, because you're just sitting in the car for a couple minutes and you don't want to get too attached to it. Like I was talking about before, where you need I mean, to go pick someone up or it's time to leave or I'm done charging and I don't want to stay stuck at the charger. I got to be honest. I now that we have the Rivian and the Ford Lightning, I miss games because when we go to charge and those trucks take longer to charge, there's nothing to do well, in the, the car has games. Oh, my God. Those games <laughs> are like, I don't know who at Ford thought that was. A, I mean, they're not as good. They're not as good as not as an understatement. They are they're laughable. I'd rather pick up my phone. Whereas I yeah. feel like in the Tesla, it's it's a little bit better. But yeah, I wish the Tesla was just a little Rivian bit more has focused none. on this. Rivian stuff. has no games. It's true. Well, they're expecting you to you know fold out your tent and pull out Go for the, a hike. the camp kitchen and you know. I get it. So the Mobilized Duo will be unveiled at the Paris Motor Show later whoa, whoa, this whoa, whoa. week. Hold on, hold on. That's a Twizzy. What? No, that's the Mobilized Duo. Who's it made by? Well, Mobilize is owned by Renault. So it's a Renault Twizy. I want to buy one. Well, you're right. It's built on the same platform as the Twizy, but the Duo has doors, slightly more range, 140 kilometers or 87 miles, and you can't buy one. You can only get it with a subscription or a lease. Great. And it's only going to be available in Europe. Oh, darn. But, I mean, with such a tiny range and a top speed of only 50 miles an hour, why would you be interested in such a tiny vehicle? It doesn't even have airbags. I think the thing that I'm learning from e-bikes and other e-mobility is that there is a spectrum of transportation needs. Mm -hmm. However, the solutions for transportation were crammed into either a car or truck and not much else. Mm. Um, now people have more of a choice along the spectrum of their transportation needs in ways that reduces what they consume. And I mean, the duo is clearly not for everyone in all situations, but it could probably work for most people in most situations. Mm. And I really like it for that. Yeah. Well, we'll learn more about it soon when it comes out at the Paris Auto Show. I mean, I think that it's really funny that it's it's just a Twizy and that it's kind of like when your grandmother buys you the wrong gaming console. It's like, Isn't this the one you wanted? Isn't I thought this is grandma. The <laughs> um, thank you. But. Jet Fighter isn't the same as Counter-Strike. Hey, if you want to share this story with your friends, but you don't want to share our entire show, head on over to the Now You Know Clips channel, where we've broken down these stories into bite-sized shareable clips that you can share with everybody. All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. And I've realized uh, that I've been relying on Henson for my shave every week for this show. Yeah. I mean, every week in, week out, I have to depend on that razor giving me a nice, clean shave, Every show without making my face break out in uh, just awful. I Go back to some of our earlier TTNs mm -hmm. and you will see what I mean. That yeah. is before I was using the Henson razor. Yeah. And oh boy, um, has it made such a difference for me. Um, I wanted to make a difference for you and you can get 100 free blades if you use the code now, you know, at checkout. Make sure to put the blades in your cart um, when you're checking out. All right, so what are we talking about here? So the California Energy Commission is helping to fund a project to connect electric buses with the West Oakland branch of the Oakland Public Library during power outages and emergencies. Okay. 
the bus's 350 kilowatt hour batteries will provide up to six hours of power each to power the building in case of blackout. And that's while drawing 60 kilowatts to run lights, air conditioning and filtering in the event of unhealthy heat or smoke conditions. Now, isn't this all a bit overboard for a building that's connected to the grid anyway? Well, it's a very first step in proving out this type of technology. Uh, V2B or vehicle to building is a thing, um, but it's had very limited real world trials. Really? This is the first bus powered building? Yeah. As president of Microgrids North America, Jana Gerber says, powering emergency shelters with islanded energy supply is an innovative feat we are honored to help facilitate. So this is to keep the library open when it's really hot out and the power goes out. Am I the only one that's not that impressed? I mean, it's a library. Well, look, electric buses are becoming more and more common, um, mostly for other reasons, like they're way cheaper to run. And these giant drivable batteries can do pretty amazing things to, well, provide power because that's what batteries do. Oakland was able to identify a commonly occurring problem and solve it with something that they already had, which was EV buses in their fleet. Um, and they usually have extras. Not all the buses are running all the time. So you could park one there and have six hours of backup hmm. and then be able to swap it out for another one. But I want to point out that power use is power use. And in an example like this can help prove this technology for backup systems that could be installed in other places. Oh, so just like we were talking about on our electric school bus episode of In-Depth, which you can see right here. Yes. <laughs> right. If I could say drive a 350 kilowatt hour battery over to the town high school and provide backup power to use it as an emergency shelter and if that school had solar panels so that the shelter could be powered indefinitely ah uh, you could really save lives but nobody likes preparing for situations like that right nobody likes saying we're going to spend thousands of dollars to install this type of technology just in case there's a horrible accident because that'll never happen <laughs> right oakland can have fairly regular rolling blackouts and for residents living nearby while this isn't necessarily life-saving, it can provide safe and healthy shelter. Well, I mean, I think one of the reasons they're doing this is it can be life-saving. I mean, when things get too smoky and smoggy or hot, I mean, you need a place to cool down and stay safe. So it's a great test of the system. It proves something that needs to be proved if it's to be adopted elsewhere. And it's a great stepping stone, like you pointed out. Yeah. And, you know, I have an Into the Future story this week. OK. Uh, something I've never seen before. OK. Just happened. And it blew my mind. Check this out. Our buddy Mike writes in, I'm a fan of the channel and also from Massachusetts. A friend sent me this photo from near his home in southern New Hampshire the other day. Never seen this before. And I've never seen it before either. That's a Model Y with a snowplow on the front. And then I saw this video of where they did the work, which I think is not far from here. Um, I want to meet this guy. Yeah. Please, please, Tesla community, reach out. Find, find me the man <laughs> who put... A snowplow on a Model Y, because that's freaking cool. Um, I want to do it. Sparky, put it on the front Ooh, of a Model X, or yeah. maybe one on the front of our Rivian or our Ford. That's too normal. That's too normal looking. A pickup truck? Boring. I know, but electric. Yeah, yeah, whatever. But I, I want to drive this Model Y with the snowplow. I mean, plow. it's going to start snowing soon. I got to see it. I got to see it in action. So quick, before it snows, put out the feelers, people. Come yeah. on, we got we to gotta talk to this guy. Yeah, write to us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. I think this would make a fun video, and I'd love to see what it's like plowing with an electric vehicle. I think it would work. It's all-wheel drive. Yeah. All right, it's time for Going Green, and we're sponsored by EcoWare. So October is all about optimist excitement. Get people excited about robots taking over their jobs and the world. 
<laughs> not really. Check out our new Optimus socks and the Life on Mars puzzle. Believe it or not, the holidays are coming up, so take advantage of our Optimus sale while you can. And for this month only, use the code ILOVEOPTIMUS to get 5% off all items on EcoWare. And don't forget that we plant multiple trees for every order. And we help cap methane-spewing abandoned oil wells with the Well Done Foundation, making your purchase carbon negative. Start positive conversations today with carbon negative products at EcoWare. Um, I really want those socks for Christmas. <laughs> All right, so a disclaimer here, Jesse and I are shareholders in Lifecycle, the company we're about to talk about. If you'd like to join us on Patreon, we have a Now You Know Investor Club where we talk about innovative companies like this, and we bring founders and CEOs to you in live streams along with weekly Investor Club bonus stories. So Lifecycle, the lithium battery recycling company, had recycling plants in New York State, Arizona, and Ontario, Canada. Now Lifecycle has just announced that their fourth recycling plant in Tuscaloosa, Alabama just came online. This plant is over 100,000 square feet and has another 120,000 square feet of warehouse space. It can handle 10,000 tons of batteries per year, which will increase Lifecycle's total processing capacity to 30,000 tons per year. And to put that into perspective, that would be about 60,000 EV batteries. So Lifecycle claims that their process can recycle about 95% efficiency, getting back critical elements in what's called the black mass, nickel sulfate, lithium carbonate, and cobalt sulfate, which can then be separated and used again in new batteries. By the end of the year, Lifecycle hopes to ramp up their facilities to be able to handle 65,000 tons of batteries per year. So this reminds me of our trip to Ascend Elements, which is another battery recycling company. You can check out our tour with their CEO right here. And I think that this is really exciting because, look, <laughs> we're building a lot of batteries and a lot of cars that have batteries in them. And so in the future, we're going to need to recycle them. And so companies like these and, and others, um, you, they, you know, you might be saying, oh, only 60,000 uh, cars worth of batteries a year. That's not enough. Well, the only cars that we're going to need to be recycling right now right. are the cars that were produced like over 10 years ago. Exactly. A few Leafs, some old Teslas and so forth. And basically, they're going to ramp up as there's more and more cars to recycle. The other key point here is I think a lot of people poo-poo battery recycling. They're like, well, a lot of people just throw them out. Well, you can't throw out an EV battery. Uh, they're just too big. So they're going to get recycled. And honestly, uh, a lot of times they're actually still valuable. Yeah. Um, I mean, go try and find a like old model S pack. You're going to be paying thousands of dollars for it, even if it's very old. Yeah. Um, because they're just they don't exist large packs like this in the world aside from those packs. Yeah. So they're still valuable at the moment. Um, I do think that maybe over time that could possibly come down, but there are so many uses for a big honking battery. Yeah, and they've got all the materials you need to make a new battery. Right. Eventually they do go completely kaput, and I think that's the time to recycle. All right, it's time for sunspots. So let's go to Oahu, Hawaii right now. Yes, let's go. No, 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 no. I meant like, like, you know, metaphorically, you know, like, like, let's, let's go now to oh, not, thought... not like, let's go. I meant, you know, okay. I know. I thought it sounded okay. like a great idea. All right. Okay. So this next story takes place at the joint base Pearl Harbor, um, Hickam West Lock Annex in Oahu, Hawaii. They just broke ground on the Kapono Solar Project, which is located on 131 acres of federal land and will have 42 megawatt solar array and 42 megawatts or 168 megawatt hours of lithium ion battery storage. The renewable energy will go to Hawaiian Electric's grid and power around 10,000 households on Oahu. Once up and running, it will reduce more than 50,000 tons of CO2 annually. That's the equivalent 
by the way, of not driving 12,000 ICE cars every year. The project should be completed in 2024. And get this, today Hawaii gets more than 17% of their energy from solar power, enough to power over 373,000 homes. And I'm so glad that Hawaii is getting solar. I think that it makes a lot of sense. I mean, oddly enough, here in Massachusetts, it makes sense for us to have solar. I mean, we've had solar on our roof since 2013, and it's been working flawlessly, pumping out free energy for us every day. Now, if you've been thinking about getting your slice of free energy from the sun, but hey, Look, I get it. It's a bit daunting. There are so many questions. But we can help by recommending two great companies. If you live in Europe, that's Sweden, Germany, Spain, the Netherlands, and Belgium, with more countries coming soon, reach out to Svea Solar at the link below. Svea is offering something special for Now You Know viewers. You can choose to prepay your solar energy solution and get an EV charger with a 50% discount, or you can select the pay-as-you-go solar energy solution with no upfront fees and get the first six months for free. Both offers are valid until November 1st, so don't wait. Reach out to Svea Solar solar today. And if you live in North America and you'd like to become your own small energy provider, talk to the team at EnergyPal. They are solar and battery experts that help homeowners make the best solar choices. They give you expert advice for free. Take more control of your energy, guarantee prices of power and storage costs for 20 years, and do it all online on your schedule. The link is down below and tell them that Zach and Jesse sent you. All right, it's time for the video contributor stories. Remember, we need your stories, so send them into hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. What do we got? Neil sent us this video about his geothermal HVAC system. Hi, folks. This is our geothermal heater installation and uh, hot water heater installation. We installed it in 2009 and laid all this pipe underground. It's all coiled up so that it doesn't take up as much space as it could. We used a 20-ton excavator to install it and a smaller excavator too, and a tractor. The um, system was really great because uh, we eliminated our gas uh, bill altogether and uh, we uh, reduced our electric bill so that the system repaid for itself in three years with the increase of utility costs. The system is, um, you know, really durable, and that's really nice too. The plastic underground lasts a couple hundred years, and uh, we haven't had any real problems with it since we installed it in 2009. The equipment is all indoor, which means it's not exposed to uh, the weather, which means it lasts a long time. It's also quiet and doesn't make a lot of noise. That's really great because we haven't had to repair or replace anything since 2009. It just keeps running. I have had to replace a little bit of water. You can see here that's a header trench that uh, connects the trenches together. The trenches were so close we had to cut one and then bury the others to have room for the equipment to move on top. And then that header trench leads back to the house. Um, and you can see here that um, the whole thing took like say seven days and uh, this tractor was used to help smooth out the ground and make it so possible. This is our internal geothermal system and the hot water heater, and they're plumbed to this pumps here that pump to the ground. So Neil says this has been working for him without a problem for the past dozen years or so, and it paid itself back in three years. Wait, so this is an old video of them putting it in? Yeah. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Wait, did, a dozen years? Yeah. I didn't even know they had uh geothermal for that long. You know, science doesn't care what year it is. <laughs> it works, the, the earth is warm. And a second video contributor story, this Tesla summon race took place at our buddy Jeff's EV event in October. Let's see who wins. Congratulations. 
It was Zachary's 2022 Model 3 named Scarlet that won. Congratulations. I think I think there's a lot of user error there. <laughs> yeah, a lot of cars that just didn't start the race. Yeah. Um, Zachary said he had a great time, even won a raffle, and is helping Jeff to figure out how to get more butts in seats. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. And if you've been looking for an excuse to join our Patreon and help support this show uh, and the work that we're doing, then this is the time to do it. Because by joining our Patreon for as little as a buck a month, we have a story this week that will save you five bucks. So also, we have five Investor Club bonus stories this week. So head on over to patreon.com slash now you know. Support us for as little as a buck a month and you'll get all our Patreon bonus stories. See you there. All right, we're back from our Patreon bonus stories. It's time for the shout outs. These are the people that make this show possible. They get their name in the end credits at the end of the show. Who do we got? We got John Hernandez. Leo Castellanos. Alex Pino. Dan Gordon. Anthony Scott. And Joe Himes. Thank you so much for supporting us. We can't do the show without you. All right, so we had a poll this week. What did we ask? So we were asking about the uh, Cybertruck bodies and and where they thought they were coming from and what they think it means. Uh, most people thought that it was coming from Fremont or uh, the design studio. Um, not too many people thought that it meant that those were like the first trucks that Zach and Jesse were getting. Which is too, too bad. No. All right, it's time for Elon's Tweets of the Week. Uh, he was really tweety this week. He had like over 60. So we're going to break these up again. We're going to put some over on Patreon as a bonus story. So go check those out there. We are only going to be talking about Elon's Ukraine Starlink tweets this week so on the show. So if you want fun tweets, you should join us over on Patreon. Uh, but I just we have to talk about the Ukraine stuff. And there's so many tweets that we don't have room for anything else. All right, Elon tweeted out Starlink data usage growth in Ukraine. And by the way, this chart only goes up till May. Um, so I think because it's kind of top secret data. Right. But if you carry out this very linear line, you'll be able to interpolate that by October, there'd be 16,000 gigabytes of downloaded daily information on Starlink. That would be 300 terabytes of data since the war began and 150,000 users a day. So heavily used in the Ukraine. Wow. Spidey Elon fan said Russian media presents a dramatically different version. They claim that the Russian military decided to use the Tirada 2S satellite communications electronic jamming system against Starlink. Elon, Russia is taking the credit of jamming the Starlink. Is it true? Elon said Starlink has faced relentless jamming attacks and SpaceX relentless cyber war. So far, their success has been limited. Spidey said, so they tried to hack and attack Starlink, Elon? Elon said, of course, this happens almost every day. They successfully destroyed Viasat in Ukraine several months ago. Elon said, I've been up all night trying to think of any possible way to de-escalate this war. Homar's catalog says, because being the CEO of SpaceX, Tesla, boring company, Neuralink, and buying Twitter wasn't enough, Elon has now decided he needs to solve the war too. Elon said, I have no desire to become involved in wars, but it's safe to say that all bets are off if the nukes start flying. So what does he mean by that? He... That he is going to become involved now because he's worried that there's nukes start flying or once the nukes start flying, yeah, he's going to become involved. I think he meant because nukes could start flying, but he it makes it sound like he's going to get involved once the war starts. I mean, he's I, kind of already been involved. He's already involved. And this tweet proves it. Spidey says, this is a quote from Dima, a Ukrainian soldier. I want to say one thing. Starlink is what changed the war in Ukraine's favor. Russia went out of its way to blow up all of our comms. Now they can't. Starlink works under Kashusha fire, under artillery fire. It even works in Mariupol. And Elon said, true, Starlink provided a decisive battlefield advantage. Mikhailo Fedorov said over 100 cruise missiles attacked Ukraine's energy and communications infrastructure. But with Starlink, we quickly restored the connection in critical areas. Starlink continues to be an essential part of critical infrastructure. 
and uh, that's he's from the Ukraine government. Elon said, you're most welcome. Glad to support Ukraine. Julia Davis said Musk SpaceX says it can no longer pay for critical satellite services in the Ukraine. It asked the Pentagon to pick up the tab. So this was a leaked story because mm-hmm. um, this is like some top secret stuff because you don't like talk to the Pentagon and then like have a press conference about it. Like, oh, uh, uh, NSA guy, what do you think? And they're like, well, here's the top secret stuff. So this was completely leaked. Yes. Uh, Sawyer Merritt said SpaceX's request is reasonable. Shouldn't expect a private sector company to continue to fund this for free forever. Do Lockheed, Boeing, Northrop, etc. do their work for free? SpaceX was generous in donating what they did, and they'll happily continue to manufacture terminals with government money. Hundreds of thousands of people in Ukraine are using Starlink because Elon, SpaceX, the U.S. and Poland and many others who work together. There are now over 25,000 terminals in the Ukraine. By the year end, SpaceX's donation will have costed them upwards of $120 million. So I didn't know this, right? Like when they started sending Starlinks to the Ukraine, I thought, OK, well, he, you know, he first of all just shipped them. Right. And then they probably started talking to the Pentagon in like, hey, this is obviously great uh, battlefield advantage. Um, can we? So they weren't being paid paid at all this has just been donations i mean there might have been some payment but not for the full price elon said spacex is not asking to recoup past expenses but also cannot fund the existing system indefinitely and send several thousand more terminals that have data usage up to a hundred times greater than typical households this is unreasonable sora Merritt said for those curious below is a list of the largest u.s defense contractors And Elon said, strange that nothing was leaked about our competitors in space launch and communications, Lockheed and Boeing, who get over 60 billion. Wouldn't be surprised to find this particular individual working there when he retires from the Department of Defense. Corruption at its finest. So Elon is calling out whoever leaked um, the uh, sensitive information. Is probably a competitor. Yeah. Spidey said, and could you please tell how much money SpaceX spent for maintaining Starlink in Ukraine? Elon said, in addition to terminals, we have to create, launch, maintain and replenish satellites and ground stations and pay telcos for access to Internet via gateways. We've also had to defend against cyber attacks and jamming, which are getting harder. Burn is approaching about $20 million a month. Yeah, that's out of SpaceX's pocket. Elon said, Internet, fiber, phone lines, cell towers and other space-based communications in war areas have been destroyed. Starlink is all that's left for now. Stonks Trading said, so Starlink is literally keeping the Ukrainian resistance going? Wow. Are you getting static from D.C. for funding? That would be stupid if so, given their supportive stance. Elon says, Starlink is the primary communication system of the Ukrainian army on the war front. If anyone else wants the job, please be my guest. Mikhailo Fedorov then said, definitely Elon is among the world's top private donors supporting Ukraine. Starlink is an essential element of our critical infrastructure. And Elon said, thank you for clarifying this. Elon went on to say, also, Starlink is still losing money. It is insanely difficult for a low Earth orbit communications constellation to avoid bankruptcy. That was the fate of every company that tried this before. When asked what the goal of Starlink was at a space conference, I said not to go bankrupt. Tesla eSpay Club said, weren't some of these guys the same ones who stonewalled you when SpaceX was trying to fight for contracts and survival? Elon said, yes. Sawyer Merritt said, what's the threshold Starlink needs to hit to be profitable? I imagine Starship and version two will be key for this. Elon said Starship and next generation satellites are key, but much risk lies ahead before those are working at scale. Green Element said Starship needs to fly first before Starlink Constellation becomes profitable. Elon said Falcon can probably get Starlink past breakeven, but Starship is needed to fund Mars. Elon said big difference between peace comms versus warfront comms. Starlink is only comm system still working at warfront. Others are all dead. Russia is actively trying to kill Starlink. To safeguard, SpaceX has diverted massive resources towards defense. Even so, Starlink may still die. 
Bogus Thought said, when Elon Musk is helping Ukraine with his own resources, some people are absolutely silent. And then he put up a picture of these four folks. And Elon said, maybe the cat got their tongue. Ashley Vance said, I obviously get that some people are upset about Elon's recent comments regarding Ukraine, but the Department of Defense complaining about paying for Starlink strikes me as nuts. The Department of Defense has been salivating over the idea of responsive space for decades. Elon said the amount SpaceX is requesting for a major battlefield advantage is less than the cost of one new GPS satellite. Ironically, GPS doesn't work on battlefields as the signal is easy to jam, but Starlink does. Ashley said the DOD helped fund the Falcon 1 in the hopes that a company would come along that could chuck a rocket and then satellite into orbit on a moment's notice during a war. Elon said DOD provided about 3% of the Falcon 1 development cost. Appreciated, certainly, but should be seen in context. Prinay said, Elon, is SpaceX Starlink service in Ukraine still experiencing constant attacks by the Russian hackers? Elon said, of course, and their signal jamming systems are also getting better. Spidey said, how are you resolving that? The engineers must be working day and night to fight these attacks. Elon, that must burn a lot of money. Elon said it has required a lot of our resources. Going into super lockdown mode slows down new development progress as we have to resist tax from a sophisticated adversary actively at war. Jason J. Smart says Elon Musk's Starlink says it can no longer afford to give Ukraine free service and ask the Pentagon to pay for it. Starlink had been a game changer in the war. This comes days after Ukrainian ambassador told Musk to f*** off. Elon said we're just following his recommendation. Matt Taibbi said, if the White House doesn't think the war can be won, but refuses to open negotiations or nudge others to do so, what exactly is the end strategy? Elon said, the right question to ask. Sven Henrik said, hi, Elon, is this true that you spoke to Putin before tweeting Ukraine's peace plan? Elon says, no, it's not. I have spoken to Putin only once, and that was about 18 months ago. The subject matter was space. Pernay says, Elon, would you be open to having a conversation with Putin again, if he permits, of course, and discuss the possibility options to peace plan so that the world could avert another war coming its way? Elon said it's pointless, as there's currently no overlap between Russian and Ukrainian demands. It's not even close. Eva Karine Bartlett said, Musk added to Ukraine's Mirochevets kill list, which includes 327 children. I've been speaking and writing about this list for years and after being placed on it in 2019. But now that Musk is on it, perhaps the peacemaker list might itself be killed? Elon says, is this list real? What's the URL? Are there citizens of nations who are helping Ukraine on this list? And then he tweeted out the list and said, concerning. Alex said, this is exactly how we escalate a situation towards nuclear Armageddon. Now Russia is forced to begin its own nuclear drills, which will trigger NATO countries to increase their alert con level, which will trigger Russia to do the same until we're all on a nuclear hair trigger. Elon replied, but surely no reasonable person would launch nuclear war. The problem with that logic is if we were dealing with reasonable people, we wouldn't have war in the first place. He went on to say Russia has the ability to destroy the U.S. and Europe utterly with nuclear missiles in less than 30 minutes and vice versa. A surprising number of people don't know this. Of course, it would be mad to use them, but it is also mad to be in this situation at all. It would be great if someday humanity stopped pointing nukes at itself that would destroy almost all life on Earth. In any given year, there's a chance above zero that they will be launched. We are now at the highest risk in 60 years. Rich Tier said you get bonus points for writing mad for both emphasis and, I presume, as an acronym. And Elon... Winked. Brian Berger said, Elon's gonna Elon is a solid choice for quote of the year space edition. And that's from this article from the Washington Post saying that basically must threaten to stop funding Starlink internet Ukraine relies on in war. That dude is not just a condition of anonymity, spineless coward. He's also an ignorant fool. Starlink was directly requested by the Ukraine government as it was the only thing that worked. The hell with it. Even though Starlink is still losing money and other companies are getting billions of taxpayer dollars, we'll just keep funding Ukraine government for free. David Sachs says no good deed goes unpunished. 
Elon said, even so, we should still do good deeds. Gainsey said, funny thing is, you paid a record amount of taxes and you got to figure some percentage of that went to Ukraine, too. Elon said, fate loves irony. So, woo, that's a lot. Um, Look, I think it's important, folks. I know that that wasn't about Teslas this week, and I know it was a lot of tweeting, but this is a very serious issue, and Elon has a big part to play in it, and I think it was really good to be able to see the tweets in kind of order so you got to see what his thoughts were during the week. The problem with Twitter, in my opinion, is that you're looking at just this disparate conversation over time and space that's very hard to put together. What we do for you here on TTN is we put together Elon's tweets of the week so you can see what he's thinking. And we're going to do more of that over on Patreon so you can see his thoughts on other subjects. So hopefully it's helpful. I know that this is a very contentious issue. Please don't be a dick about it. Yeah. I know that it's really easy to just say, well, I think this. Ah! That's not going to really get anywhere. I yeah. know that the comment section is not the proper place to have a discussion. Um, that's why we have a Patreon. That's why we have a Patreon. And just be thoughtful about it. How about that? Because, I mean, you, you can see both sides of what Elon is arguing here. Knee jerk. <laughs> All right. Look, it's time for community mail time. Community mail time. That's what I love about the show. We have an awesome community. If you want to share your stories and your photos and your videos with us, send them to hello at now, you know, channel.com. All right. So Mike said spotted this critter parked outside my favorite Japanese restaurant in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, it's your favorite. Aww. Rach writes, a recent trip to France included a flight to Lyon, where we rented a car from Hertz. The rental was done through Expedia, so when the reservation was made, I didn't know there were Teslas for rent in Lyon. Thus, we settled for a Jeep, not the type of car for the roads I drove on. We so wished we'd gotten a Model 3, but then the experience so reinforced how we did not miss driving ICE cars. When we turned in the Jeep a week later, there were two Model 3s waiting for customers. Days later in Paris, I took the last three photos, a Model 3 charging on the street, and two Model 3 taxis. I stopped counting Teslas in Paris after being convinced Paris will have cleaner air by the Olympics in 2024. Scott sent us this photo of a Model 3 driving in San Francisco, California. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> That's awesome. Woo. I love this letter. Uh, Milali just sent us this. He says, my name is Milali. I'm a 29-year-old visiting scholar at the University of Missouri. I'm a PhD biotechnology candidate at the University of the Western Cape, South Africa. I've been a Tesla fan since 2015, and I've been watching your videos since 2016. I want to tell you about something cool. I arrived in the U.S. on September 17th, and prior to that, I had not physically seen a Tesla vehicle. I've been smiling ear to ear, taking pictures with every Tesla I see parked on the streets of Columbia, Missouri. Last Sunday, my friends and I took a trip to St. Louis, Missouri for some sightseeing. And I convinced them to end the adventure with a trip to the St. Louis Tesla store. I was blown out of this world the moment I saw the store from a distance with all the Tesla models parked in the parking lot. I was in heaven. The car finally pulled over and I checked out the vehicles, the whole sexy lineup. What was most awesome was the fact that they had the older Model S and the refreshed version. They also had a plaid Model S, my mind blown away. I thought this would be an awesome story to share with you guys. Thank you very much for your videos. Big thanks to the production team. They are the best. Your work and passion has most definitely changed my thinking and the way I view the world. Thank you. I love that. This is why we do the show. Yeah, quite I honestly. I really appreciate it. That's so nice. Uh, yeah, thanks. That's so nice. We mentioned a couple weeks ago that Electra Mechanica started a partnership with Pizza Hut, but at the time we didn't have any great footage. Well, now we do. Really cool to see a small fleet of fully electric three-wheeled EVs in Anaheim, California, the Solo Cargo delivering Pizza Hut pizza. Thank you, Rav, for sharing this video with us. Pear from Norway wrote, hey, Zach and Jesse, here's a picture of my new Tesla Model Y long range. I got the car on September 24th. The car is manufactured in Giga Berlin. This is my third electric car and my first Tesla. Wow, that's so great to see. Yeah. 
Thanks, Pear. John writes in, in Springfield, Oregon, at the Target charging station, I found two test vehicles completely covered up. I spoke with the driver and he would not tell me anything about the vehicles. I was trying to look under the covers and they looked very Kia-like, but I don't know. (laughs) Well, now we don't know. Uh, Comment below. What do you think? Pamela and Johan spotted this P8 all-wheel drive Volvo recharge on Bainbridge Island in Washington State. Jason sent us these Tesla pics and a Porsche Taycan in South Florida. Brandon and Lauren sent us the Seafoam Green Tesla spotted in Mooresville, North Carolina. Mark sent us these pics of a Nissan Aria, which he spotted in Scotland. I thought Aria was last seen in Westeros. Uh, ha, 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 ha. Alan writes, here is the only Myers Motor NMG I have ever seen in person. It is doing some advertising work for a local restaurant in Vienna, Virginia. Corbin Motors, Meyer Motors, made 300 of these cool little 30 to 40 mile range, 70 mile an hour lead acid battery auto cycles in the early 2000s. They're now trying to develop another small vehicle. The site lists this as a 60 mile range, two seater at $27,000. I thunk they are too little too late, but I really wanted one of these in 2002. That's awesome looking. And Carl sent us these pictures of a Ford F-150 Lightning from the Dallas Cowboys he spotted at the Texas State Fair. So it's the official vehicle of the of the Dallas Cowboys. Jeff from Modesto wrote in, while on vacation in the New England area, I visited Martha's Vineyard and spotted this Model S charging at Aquina Mass with the Atlantic Ocean in the background. Thank you so much for all these great pictures, guys. All right, it's time for supercharger reviews. Before we get to that, though, remember to send us photos of beautiful superchargers. Somi sent us these pictures from the Anaheim supercharger. She says, a Canadian on vacation in Anaheim, California. I love charging under the palm trees. That's beautiful. Look at that. Beautiful. All right, so let's see what we got for superchargers out in the world. Hey, Zach and Jesse. Today we're here at the Malta um, New York supercharger. It's a pretty new one, uh, version three. Uh, We're getting about... I think we're, we came in with about 30% and we got a max rate of about uh, 240, so it's definitely up there. So uh, as far as amenities, uh, there's a Stewart's right here with, to go along with the gas station. Uh, bathroom's right inside. Uh, there's a garbage can over there. Um, and it could, the highway, you literally just come off of the exit and you make a turn into the parking lot and it's right there so it couldn't be easier off the highway um but other than the stewards there's not really much so for that i'd have to give it a seven out of ten even though i mean there is pretty much everything else you'd want um so yeah see you later zach and jesse now you know hi zach and jesse this is chris reporting from germany i am currently at a supercharger location in fashion close to cologne it is a 16-stall V3 supercharger um, close to the Autobahn A1 and A4. Um, it's just like a two-minute drive from the Autobahn. Um, there are currently, as you can see, five, I think, five Model 3s, including mine, charging. I am charging at like 85 kilowatts, 89. It is a, a convenient location. There is a lot of stuff around here. There are some stores. There is a Subway, Burger King, McDonald's, everything in walking distance. And I would rate it, because of the close, uh, close amenities, a seven out of 10. Now you know. Hello, Jack. Hello, Jesse. I'm Eric from Denk Elektrisch. I want to present you the new supercharger location they are placed in Saxonia. Or in more detail, placed in Germany, Plauen is the city and you will find here in total 12 supercharger locations from the V3. Also you will see in the background we have a McDonald's 
plus behind them a bigger shopping center. During the week you can go there and eat something at the bakery or see the hardware stores or also you can go in the supermarket and buy some stuff that you need at home. Not so bad as I think. That's a cool location here. And from my side I can say now you know it and see you later. Ciao! Aloha Zach and Jesse. This is Kaili. Let me introduce you to Bam! That is the six-stall 250-kilowatt Tesla supercharger station in Hawaii, to be specific, Aiea, Hawaii. This is brand new. There's actually quite a number of people that have been charging while I was here. Six stalls, 250-kilowatt charging, again, in Aiea, Hawaii. I would rate this location, of course, a 10 out of 10. One, because this is the first public supercharger in Hawaii. And two, it is at a shopping mall called Pro Ridge. There's like Macy's, there's restaurants. This is actually uh, a mall that's in like two parts and it's connected by a monorail. So that's pretty cool. Pretty awesome to see superchargers, public superchargers finally in Hawaii. This completes the missing piece of the puzzle for all 50 states to have public supercharging. And I'm very excited to show all of you that it does finally exist in Hawaii. That's all. Now you know. Thank you so much for doing Supercharger Reviews. Again, we have these all on our website. You can upload your own and check out everybody else's if you're doing a road trip. Okay, what do we got for new Superchargers? Okay, here we go. We Get got... ready with your Chinese names. <laughs> Woo, here, uh, little... <laughs> we got the 15 stall at Guangzhou at the Zhongfen City, China. The three stall in Zhan City Cube, China. We got the three stall in Jian at the Westin Hotel, China. The three stall in Jian at the Jinjing Plaza, China. We got the 24 stall in Brea at South Madrona Ave, California. Number 26 in Nevada is the eight stall in Mesquite at Mesa Boulevard, Nevada. The three stall at Shaozing, Keikuao, China, Luxury One in China. Number 22 in Minnesota is the eight stall in North Branch, Minnesota. Number two in Latvia is the four stall in Riga, Latvia. The 8th stall in Redding, California. Number 50 in New Jersey is the 8th stall in Bridgewater, New Jersey. The 6th stall in Shanghai at Century Plaza, China. The 3th stall in Shanghai at Kai Chang Hotel, China. The 3th stall in Shanghai at Fenjiang RT Mart, China. The 3th stall in Zhangzhou at Longhai Venki Plaza, China. The 3th stall at Shaojing Qinjiang Zun Lenshenzhou, China. The 3th stall in Kuzo IFC, China. Number 1409 in China is the three stall in Shenyang at the Shenyang Tiandi, China. The eight stall in Burbank at North San Fernando Boulevard, California. Number 145 in Germany and number 879 in Europe is the 16 stall in Alsfeld, Germany. And number 311 in California, number 1520 in the USA, and number 4300 in the world is the 19 stall in Visalia at Valley Fuel Travel Center, California. Wow. I love that we're getting back to listing the ones in China. That's so <laughs> no. awesome. Yeah, I don't love pronouncing them, but... Uh, I'm sure we're butchering oh, them, but yeah. it's just cool. <laughs> and look, I want to thank everyone whose name is scrolling by here because these are the people that make our work here possible every week. We cannot do the show without you, so thank you, all of you who are, who are here. And uh, you made it to the end of the show. I wanted to just read a Patreon comment of the week. Uh, this is from Ron. He was talking about last week's Patreon bonus stories. He said, also, as much as I love TTN, the bonus stories are amazing sometimes. This one was quite good, particularly the FUD from Fox News. 
And thank you. I mean, we love to just give you a whole bunch of stories that we can't fit into the main show mm-hmm. to thank our patrons. And sometimes Jesse and I are able to riff on things even more than usual. And we kind of enjoy that. So head on over to Patreon, support the show, get to watch even more news, get more insights into what's going on in the world, and feel good that you're making this possible every week. Because I'll be honest, when I support others on Patreon, I feel good about it. I love watching their videos knowing I made it possible. But thank you so much for watching. Make sure to hit the like button if you haven't already. We'll see you next week. Now Now you know. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.